Hello AnimeCon's TV viewers. Welcome to the 2020 Year in Review episode. Yes, it was a terrible year thanks to coronavirus, but somehow your hosts have managed to look back on a year that wasn't. Enjoy this episode, and Merry Christmas. Welcome back to AnimeCons TV. My name is Doug Wilder, and I'm joined by the rest of our crew. Say hello, crew. Hi. Hi, crew. Hi, crew. Hello there. Uh, so 2020 was a weird year for conventions. Weird year, you know, I don't know. I've apparently lost the ability to speak because I haven't done enough episodes. Uh, but we're just going to talk about our kind of our stats this year um, for con experiences and things that we've been doing. So... Did anybody do any new conventions this year? I did. I totally did. What? I went to an in-person convention I had never gone to before. Technically. Oh. Uh, when I was in Los Angeles for Gallifrey One, at the hotel I was staying at next door, they had OrcCon, which is a gaming convention. You know, it's like, all right, I'm done with this con for the day. Oh, let me check this out. I walked through, but uh, it, it, I mean, it, was, it looked like a fun event, but I was just busy at the other con next door. So yeah. I did support vendors. I bought some dice. I bought some healing potions, so, yeah, but I haven't been yeah. able to use them. <laughs> Now's the time to so, use healing potions. Yeah. But yeah, one new live in-person convention, if it counts, and then one new virtual convention. Uh, well, uh, I'll talk about the one new convention I did because it was virtual. I did the uh, Anime Lockdown Con, which was basically a fan-created first virtual con. It was basically on Discord and a few other uh, channels, but it was all fans making it. Uh, what basically a very skeleton crew running themselves ragged to make it happen and just kind of help fan morale a lot. And there was a really fun stuff and a lot of their discord channels of like people like just having fun comments like oh the elevator's broken again someone's threw up in the lobby and you know it's just it's all online so it's just getting the convention spirit again and that was really fun to see uh so what was the virtual con you did i was invited to participate in project anime which is normally an in-person event held just before Anime Expo where convention organizers meet and discuss different convention organizing topics. Uh, and they meet with, they'll have some industry representatives there, uh, some people from different businesses, maybe a registration vendor and so on. Just talking about ways to improve your conventions and you know share information between conventions. And so this was Project Anime World and it was done virtually and uh, not having a live one to compare it to, I'm not sure how how it compares. But for a virtual event where they could have had anybody from anywhere in the world, it seemed very limiting. Like they didn't have convention representatives from all over the country. One panel I watched, it had like four people from Magfest and then somebody from another event and you know, instead of differing views, it seemed very, very uh, focused on one thing. And that was just one panel like that. There were a few that had multiple people from one particular thing, which 
seemed odd when they could have just, you know, invite the world. So, and I left all that comment in my feedback form. So hopefully they can improve it next year. Okay. So that's new conventions. How many, uh, what did people do for total conventions this year? I, what? <laughs> One convention. <laughs> I, I I did I did a whopping three counting anime lockdown. Uh, well, I did one and a half plus the virtual, <laughs> so that's. Yeah. I feel like I did like one point zero five conventions because I did Akukon <laughs> in person, which is like right before things got crazy, and then I went to a single panel for virtual Dragon Con. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. All, all my cons were virtual this year. Yeah, I went to two. So I went to KatsuCon, and Paxis was like the week or two weeks after. And I think, and Paxis, I think, was like the last, like, definitely last big convention, I'm pretty sure. But one of the last few conventions. Um, so we'll get those two in. Actually, given three, there's a con I used to go in January that I don't go to anymore. So it almost was three. Uh, and I went to one virtual panel. Um, I forget what convention it was associated with, but it was a virtual panel with uh, Colleen Atwood, who is a huge name in uh, in uh, costuming out in Hollywood. She's worked with Tim Burton a lot, and I'm sure all our viewers have seen seen her stuff. Uh, so that was like the type of panel I would wait all day in line to go to. So it was nice to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So it was nice to see that panel. <laughs> I am a stalker. <laughs> Kevin, go away. <laughs> Kevin can't wait. Okay. Uh, sorry, do you want to do that again? <laughs> no, leave it in. Leave it in. Just leave it in. Whatever the podcast says. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, all of us... Go to normally you go to a t bunch of conventions every year, um, but I'm kind of curious. When was the last time any of us kind of attended this few conventions? Uh, Pat, why don't you start? Uh, the first year I started going to anime conventions was 2000, and I went with Liz to Anime Expo 2000 in Anaheim, and that's. That got me hooked on anime conventions. I came home and looked up when the next ones were, but it was too soon to go to any others and make plans. So 2000, I only went to one con. 2001, everything went to hell, and I started going tons of cons a year. But So yeah, 2000 was the last time I haven't gone to this many cons. I only went to uh, one in 2003, Anime Boston. And uh, 2004, I only went to two, which was Anime Boston and Otakon. And then after that, I started going to like at least five until I slowed down in recent years. Yeah, I think 2005, which is Anime Boston, was the last time I only went to one. And I only went for one day because I'd never been to an anime con before. I had no idea if I was going to like it, though I still cosplayed. And I dragged one of my college friends and put her in a costume that she didn't know what she was. But she was like, cool, fine. So <laughs> we did it. And I had such a good time that the next year I did, I was like all in. I did all of them. So, Yeah, mine's similar. The last time I went to, uh, or it was just one convention, was 2006. And it was Anime Boston. And then 
two years before that I went to Otakon and that was my only that was my first convention and my only convention that year. And then 2007 was when it started to. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if we're counting, if if we're talking uh, cons attended in general, I and my virtual conventions. The last time I only did three was 2007, which was the first year I was out of college, had a real job, and I went to my usual Anime Boston and Otakon and did one other convention. But if you're talking not in person, since I didn't do any in-person conventions, the last time I didn't go to a single in-person convention was 2000, because my first convention was Otakon 2001. So 20 years, it's kind of scary for me. <laughs> yep, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so... What have I dealt with my life? No. <laughs> Excellent thing. That's why. Well, um, for like 11 years, you've been doing a podcast, so there's that. <laughs> Holy crap, it's 11 years. We're, wow. Well, uh, no, this is, the 12th, this is tw season 12, isn't it? Yeah. Oh Let's count. Oh, my God. And you guys still put up with me. Oh, you're still here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's over. Apparently, he's the <laughs> only one here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2020 was his year to dominate it, the statistics. We started the first, you know, the first six episodes or so. We didn't have Doug, and so he's done the last six. Just even it out. I've caught up. I've caught up. Does he? Does it count in the first episode? I wasn't in it at all, but I hit your head with a microphone. <laughs> does that make you a sound engineer or a foley artist? A little bit of both. You know, I haven't actually counted, but I do think you're in the most episodes, Doug. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I would believe that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Shiva, you mentioned that even at your first convention you cosplayed. Did it, uh, anybody get to cosplay this year or make a new costume? And if so, did you have a favorite one? I cosplayed one costume that I didn't make and I had worn before, and I didn't make anything new. I, I know. I think... I mean, I've been still doing creatives. I, I sewed like a hundred and something masks back in April. So I've been sewing. I've been doing like furniture flips and I've been doing um, learning how to do hand lettering. And so I've been, I've been keeping busy with stuff I like to do, just not costumes. I feel like a ton of costumes because I made three brand new costumes this year, but, but I made them all for KatsuCon when we still were going to conventions. So I think if I hadn't pushed through and done all of those then, it made me even more happy that I finished them all because I haven't done anything since then. Um, but my favorite one I did was, um, I did Robertina from Witch and Robin, um, which is something I'd wanted to do way back in 2006. Uh, I couldn't, I didn't sew very well and I had no idea how to do it. And I, I'd forgotten about it. And then was looking for a comfortable, warm costume to wear for Katsu. And I found the fabric for it. And I'm like, I am making Witch Hunter Robin. And the best thing about wearing it, not only did it come out great, and I love it. And it's like one of my favorite costumes now. But I met every person at KatsuCon who was like 30 and over. Because <laughs> they knew it. <laughs> and I didn't make a costume for myself, but I did assemble a Halloween costume for my son. He was Marty McFly for Halloween. So 
I mean, uh, the only costume I wore was I, I wore masks every time I went out. So <laughs> I I didn't uh, make a new costume, but um, I wore one of my old ones in a pretty epic way. As the pandemic, like as we were realizing how big it was and stuff, I was in a trip to Norway with a couple of 501st members uh, going to Finza where they shot uh, Echo Base and everything for Empire Strikes Back. So I got old costumes, new amazing photos. Um, so that that's by default my favorite costume. Though it was weird to realize that my other 501st costume, my biker scout, my favorite, one of my, my all-time favorite one, the reason I joined the Legion, I did not wear it all in 2020. And that feels so weird because I've done over 100 events with that costume. It's right behind you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the old one. Um, no, I, I, uh, I revamped a bunch of my old ones here and there. Uh, dry, I added uh, new parts to it or just remade parts because now I can sew. Uh, that was my older costumes. Uh, I made a new one was Amon to go with uh, Shiva's uh, Witch Hunter. And... Um, Still haven't finished my armor pieces. <laughs> I keep getting closer every year, but then something happens. For so. Anubis? For Anubis, yeah. yeah. So That would have probably finished by Anime Boston if we'd had Anime Boston. It was on the docket, but yeah. I decided to do uh, other construction things. Mm. Yeah. And I also uh, have a new toy. I can 3D print. <laughs> Ooh, fun. Uh I, I do want to shout out Elizabeth. You mentioned doing other creative things. I didn't build any new costumes, but I built so much gunpla this year. <laughs> so much gunpla. It's over your other shoulder. The, 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 no, those are Power Rangers. Come on, jeez. This, this is the gunpla. <laughs> Come on, learn your giant robots. Um, anyway, going back to stuff, so we did get some convention moments even if we only got limited ones. Did you guys have a favorite convention moment despite the year? Uh, anything that stands out to you that was really nice? Uh, Pat, go ahead. Uh, well, the only convention I really attended in person was Gallifrey One. So my favorite moments from there, uh, they had Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor, as the guest. And uh, this guy, he hasn't made many convention appearances up until a few years ago when he started going to like the Informa and the Fan Expo conventions, the really big cookie cutter ones put on by corporations. And so, you know, he'd go and do photographs and sign autographs and the whole, you know, the whole thing. But then they brought him to Gallifrey One, which is a convention focused on Doctor Who. And he uh, commented during one of his panels that he, I forget the exact quote, but he indicated that he didn't realize that the Doctor Who fandom would be so kind to him. And he really seemed to appreciate uh, everybody that uh, enjoyed seeing him and went to all his panels and asked interesting questions. And it only made me imagine what kind of treatment he got at these other conventions. And so I'm glad he was able to see a good side of the fandom. And uh, it, it was great to be able to see him in an environment like that. Yeah, he's going to be doing a um, uh, a new audio book of Doctor Who. Yeah, you know. yeah, and you know he wasn't going to do anything like that 
and then he went to Gallifrey, and now he seems more open to being part of the Doctor Who community. Yeah. And, you know, I, he talked at his panel about the 50th, and from what he said, he really didn't seem comfortable to be in that production. And I, I get it now, because he didn't have a good uh, time on set with everybody. But he seems to be open. So, you know, if there's a 60th, maybe he'd be into it. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth, do you, you have one? Yeah. Um, actually, I already mentioned the Colleen Atwood panel. So one of my other favorite convention moments was, uh, so this was the first year in like forever that I actually pre-registered for Dragon Con and not like did it a week before or at the convention. And uh, they actually, I'm covering up the name here. There's a, they actually sent out badges uh, with, you know, the sticker that is the name and, and your handle, whatever you want to put on it. So we still got uh, Dragon Con badges for this year. And they gave us masks. And uh, the um, lanyards were for the Mandalorian, which was pretty cool, too. So that was, that was really cool to, like, get in the mail. Um, trying to remember when they came in the mail, but it was really awesome to get that and I, I really like that they did that that was really nice of them Sketching Shiva how about you guys um well I don't really have too many moments um I agree with you Elizabeth though it was really cool to get the Dragon Con badges in the mail I thought that was a nice touch they didn't have to do that and that was really nice um I did go, I will say though, I did enjoy um, the one panel I went to for Virtual Dragon Con, I really liked. I went to, I just happened to log onto it because I, I wasn't planning ahead. Um, and I was like, oh cool, the, the Star Trek Voyager cast is having a group chat. And I had, I've not met, I've met the entire TNG cast. I've met at various conventions and gotten their autographs and stuff and heard them talk, but I've never heard other than Garrett Wang who runs the Trek track at Dragon Con, so I've seen him and all sorts of things. I've never really heard the rest of them talk or met them or mm -hmm. know what they're like when they or their stories or whatever. So I just logged in for the heck of it. And I think not only did I enjoy it, they were funny and I, I, I really, really thought it was fun to go, but it was kind of a very interesting experience going to a panel uh, in my pajamas. Uh, while my kid was sleeping uh, with like a cup of coffee and like basically having a Zoom call with them actors I loved when I was in middle school. And I mean, it was just kind of an interesting experience. I wouldn't trade a live convention experience for it by a long shot, um, but it was just different and kind of fun. And it, it was the first time I did that. And they were even doing like breakout sessions um, one-on-ones with fans afterwards you could log in and ask them questions like yourself and they would do like 15 like i don't know five minutes 15 minutes with like individual people which i just thought was really kind of cool that they were still doing meet and greets even virtually so and i know um some people that i, I follow a lot of uh trek fans on tumblr and people were recording their one-on-one -on -one sessions where they would ask questions and get answers and then post them Hmm. on tumblr so it was fun to see like what people had to say and like what their responses were and a lot of them are really funny and um so it was just a, a very different uh convention experience but also what other time did you would you get to know like what your fellow attendees like chatted about like on a meet and greet with one of the actors so it was almost like we got to all experience it together uh which was kind of cool um i'm going with more of uh 
more of a kind of like a an awe moment. It's just like uh, my favorite was just uh, going to Katsukon. We always drive, and it's become like kind of like a traditional ritual thing. And it was just nice because like it's so smooth going now. We're so used to doing it that it's kind of just like oh, it's part of that and kind of a whole convention whole experience convention is experience. our road trip. Is yeah. our road trip. So uh, it was nice. Went down and you know yeah, everything went smoothly squad. and hung up the squad before everything you know shut down. Actually, I'm kind of glad. No, you know it's actually fun to put that in context because we always, except for the year there was a blizzard and I was horrible to drive with because I was a wreck. Um, we always have a good time, but I think what made it special was that that was the last time we like hung out with friends in person live. Mm. I mean, really, if you think about it, that was the last time because literally like two weeks later we were like shut down. So it was nice that we had that because we really haven't had human contact with people. <laughs> you're, you're real over there, right? Right. Are you real? Can I poke you? <laughs> uh so going back to kind of the the virtual events and stuff i'll go with my favorite moment was and this was kind of a really humbling thing for me was i got asked to present one panel at the oticon online and that's uh you know that was very humbling when you figure how much more limited that is between everything else and how much they have to select and they asked me to do my uh, Gundam merch panel, which I was glad to do. Um, but the, the best moment of that was lo looking at Twitter right after I did it and seeing someone, you know, not a friend, not anyone I knew, kind of quote, uh, quote part of my panel as like a highlight of their experience. And of course, this is me talking about a Gundam crotch uh, and uh, the underwear that's made to look like that area of a Gundam, and the person says, I actually pulled up the tweet, Gundam crotch is a magical phrase that I just heard spoken out loud. Thank you, Otakon. And it was, for whatever reason, it just, it makes me so happy that this one person who probably may not have gone to my panel at Otakon because there's so many other things to do, but because it was virtual and I got to be one of the lucky people to present, they actually tuned in and really... I left up enough of an impression that they actually wanted to tweet about that, and that really made made it special for me because it's like, oh, I'm reaching people that really appreciate it because this was the only time I really got to put in a lot of work. And as you guys know, paneling is something that I love to do at conventions, and being able to still do it despite everything really meant the world to me. Gundam crotch. Gundam crotch. Yep. Hashtag Gundam crotch. <laughs> thing now. I'm just gonna hashtag that for no reason. Yeah. And now to bring it down, let's talk about our uh, least favorite convention moments because we're just, we're all too happy now. So. Well, my uh, least favorite is not being able to finish a costume yet again. <laughs> but it also carried into the fact that like we had to deal with. COVID and then not have anywhere to bring it anywhere. So it was just one of those things. It's just like, nope, just it's not a priority. You know, I don't think I haven't. I've had enough convention <clears throat> moments. Period to have a bad one, which I guess is a good thing. If I'd like had got like had a really bad experience at the one convention I got to go to, that would be pretty sad. But I guess if I had to pick something, it would be going to KatsuCon, and especially in like hindsight, was really weird because we knew 
COVID existed. It wasn't like we were like, oh, it's not, we didn't know at all. Like, it's not like it was, yeah. we knew something enough. We knew enough that I remember we all stood in the hotel room. We're like, okay, we're not touching anybody. We have hand sanitizer in the room. Don't touch the escalator. Can I remember several times being on an escalator, just be like, oh, there's no reason I need to touch that. Like, I, it was like the start. It was the start of how now we're all paranoid about everything. And like, don't touch things. And don't, it was like, no, I'm not going to touch that escalator railing. And no, I'm not going to give you a high five instead of a hug. Let's just like wave across the, I don't know you, you know, thank you for liking my costume from afar. And it's interesting that there was this, this weird, like dark cloud that we didn't know how dark it was kind of hovering over the thing waiting to descend and um but at the same time i feel like we were really lucky like katsukon could have been the biogen conference and we managed i don't think anything came out of it so we were lucky that's interesting because i was at gallifrey one that same weekend but there was no concern for anything uh maybe it's just los angeles versus dc but or maybe it's Doctor Who convention where people are coming over from Britain, uh, but maybe maybe I should rephrase. It wasn't the convention atmosphere that felt that way. We as a friend group had made, were already talking that way, right? Like, I remember, like that was kind of like our decision as a squad. I guess was like we're gonna avoid. There's this weird thing we don't think it's there, but let's like avoid as much human contact with strangers as possible. Well, it's also in Katsukon famously when we first started going as a squad. Uh, one of us would always get sick, and then the blizzard year, we all got sick. So, we're like kind of, H1N1 sick, and two people at yeah. Katsukon like died that year. So, that year, we already yeah. had kind of like a, a mental thing about that place being really good at spreading stuff. So, that, yeah, but I, I had flown out to California for California One. I wasn't too concerned any more than normal about germs on the plane or at the convention. Friends I was with, you know, it was all fine. But I do remember it was about two weeks later when I went down to Florida with my family to see my parents on the way home, which was March 7th. We were pretty cautious. It's like, okay, don't let him touch all the airline seats. We got to wipe everything down. We got to, you know, we were really careful on that flight back. So it's weird thinking now about how like the, the slow mental escalation happened. Like, yeah. yeah so the interest is, uh, I which one of you mentioned Biogen. Uh, Biogen was the same weekend in Boston as Paxi's. And I've checked every so often to see if there was any kind of spread at Paxi's because I was there to, uh, Thursday, Friday. And I never found anything, but they recently said like they've traced a lot of cases back to Biogen. And that one was only like, I want to say like a thousand people, maybe not even. Whereas Pax has like, a bazillion people. They don't release their actual numbers, so I don't know, but it's a lot of people. And um, so that was, I'm pretty sure it was two weeks after Katsu. Could have been the week after. I don't know. It was 80 years ago. But uh, they, um, there were some people wearing masks. There was hand sanitizer everywhere. I know a couple vendors dropped out. Um, and I know, and I know, um, so we did say Friday, even though we weren't going Saturday, we stayed at the hotel Friday and Saturday. And Saturday, we made sure to go to Chinatown because that was at the time where we were like people were shutting Chinatown. Um, and it's and uh, so like that stuff was going on. And then I remember that closed. And then that that weekend ended. And then the next big thing was 
everyone was looking at Emerald City Comic Con to see what they were going to do, especially because Seattle was a big, was like the Washington State was like the first big place where it uh, where it came out. So yeah, that was it was interesting after the fact to hear about the Biogen thing being like, wait, what? <laughs> Not like three hundred thousand cases came out or traced to that. It's yeah, like, I just saw that like, the other day. So you're saying the nerds at PAX East were cleaner and did a better job washing their hands than the people at a biotech conference. I'm not saying that, maybe. Their hands, the rest of them is fair game. So I'll just Oh, sorry. If you haven't done your least favorite moment, you can go. I don't remember if you did. I have not done mine. Okay. But Pat, you go first. Uh, mine is just quick because there wasn't that much to pick from. I'm still annoyed that Gallifrey One doesn't let people take video in panels and events. <laughs> For an event that sells out every year, I mean, why are they concerned? It's not like people are going to post the video and, oh, now I don't have to go to the con. Let people take video. Come on. And you know what? It was the last year. I'm not going back to Gallifrey One. I've, it doesn't change every year. I've seen enough. I'm not going back. So I recorded some video. I don't care. <laughs> Bringing all the rules. Yeah. yeah. Stupid rule. Rebel. So uh, mine was for a convention I didn't even that didn't even happen was my staff position on Anime Boston this year was my first year this was my first year in my new role as the featured panelist coordinator which was something I was really happy to do and was having a lot of fun recruiting people finding out these different talent uh, coordinating everything and I think I was still traveling when we the decision was coming down that Anime Boston was going to be canceled and sitting down, drafting that email to all the featured panels that I've been working with and talking to, and having to tell them, hey, and you know, if it's not announced yet, but it will be shortly, Anime Boston 2020 is going to be canceled. Thank you for everything. We'll be in touch. And writing that email was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do for staffing the convention, and it was, I mean, Pat, you're involved with Anime Boston as well. You helped found it, and I've been on staff since the beginning, and this con means so much to me, and having to write that, it, my heart broke a lot, and silver lining is I got a lot of positive responses, like, we understand, you know, you guys are making the right call, please keep in touch for the future, and it was really nice, but Man, getting getting finding the words out and finally hitting that send button. Whew, that, that was tough. Need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, well, hopefully uh, you saved a copy of that email because you know, things uh, are looking good. Yeah. Uh, so mine was easy to pick. So mine is that fact that I'm dating someone now who is into this kind of stuff and go wanted to go to more conventions and wanted to get into cosplay and 
Nope. We got in two both taxes, so we weren't really cosplaying. Pax Unplugged and then Pax East. Ollie's plans to add our Dragon Con costumes plans. Nope. Just gives Hello. you more time, more time to perfect them before the next con, right? You're going to have so many costumes ready. No, probably not. <laughs> you don't get it. You make the costume the weeks before you go. Don't do it before you do the thing. Yeah. Going on the plane. Yeah. Also, uh, started a D&D campaign like uh, end of February, too. So that died pretty quickly. But oh well. So, uh, normally, we have our Better Luck Next Year award for the convent should fix things or something like that. And yeah, as you guys got to talk so we can see it. Oh. So, that will make noise. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we could just say every con from mid March through uh, December, better luck next year, uh, <laughs> yeah. and may maybe beyond that. Let's 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 see. But I think trying to pick one this year would be a little tough. Yeah. Uh, Unless that con actually happened, because you're dead to us. <laughs> yeah. But. Did any anybody have a favorite convention for this year, despite everything? If you, if you guys want to skip, you can. But I mean, I guess by default, Gallifrey won because it's the only one I went to in person. But I'm not going back next year because I'm just tired of it. <laughs> so, Pexy was a blast. Uh, I liked going, especially Thursday because it doesn't sell out, um, and then Friday. So it's not the craziness that Saturday. So I was able to check out a lot of stuff, went to some cool panels. Uh, yeah, PAX East was a lot of fun. I don't feel uh, like. <laughs> uh, I'm going to actually give a shout out to Anime Lockdown Con again, just because they put that together so well. They got the right spirit behind it. They really wanted to make this fun and. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into that, and both the people organizing it and kind of the panelists that found, like, hey, I can throw this panel in last minute, give you some content. It really came back to kind of the fan spirit of the convention, uh, you know, why conventions happen. So that that kind of made it my favorite one, and I know Otakon's often top of my list for this year, but I think Anime Lockdown because it was a unique one, it was a new one, and they found a lot of the little special things really made it. I think the only thing I would have told them to change is afterwards, more of the virtual cons still made print-at-home badges, and I, I kind of wish they had done that. <laughs> but that's that would be my favorite. So now we're going to go into kind of more of just a general discussion about conventions this year and everything. So I just have kind of a couple of questions for you guys, things we want to show. Uh, first question, just kind of to the group. Knowing what we know now, you guys think you would have still gone to some of the earlier cons or maybe made one more of a priority or anything like that? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, not really. It's kind of, I mean, us being all up in New England, it's hard to travel that time of year. It's not all the cons up in that area that time of year. Like, 
Um, maybe the only one I would have tried to go to because I do want to check it out once is MAGFest. Um, but, um, you know, I got into before everything shut down. Uh, so not really. Um, it, 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 I think it would have been kind of tricky for me because my front of my ear is kind of is there aren't as many options as as other places yeah i i think i got to everything i wanted to um there's really nothing else it's like oh i wish i made time to get to that it, yeah I, I got to stuff i'm pretty happy with where it left off i just wish i could have done more this year yeah, same here i don't think i we typically don't go to anything earlier than KatsuCon just because after Christmas, it's just too crazy to like prepare to go to a convention sooner than that. Like, I feel yeah. like just yeah, we for can't us, prepare during getting ready for Christmas, you know, to do anything like in January. I feel like just our whole fall is just really busy. Yeah. And so I need like January <laughs> to, to like usually the right after New Year's is when we're like Katsu Crunch. So, um, I'm glad we got that one in. I feel like, as I kind of mentioned before, we got lucky that we got that in before things got bad and then nobody got sick or anything. And I feel like by the time we were back from that, it was already like, again, like a cloud over everything. And we kind of knew. And I was already like wiping down everything at my office before. And by like probably the, the first week of March, I was telling everybody and my team to stay home. Yeah, you, so, you spearheaded your company. Yeah, uh, before my company like forced everybody to work from home, I like forced my team to work from home because I didn't want to go into the office. I was freaked out. So um yeah, I don't I don't think I mean I wish things were different and this didn't happen and we got to go to all the stuff. We got to go to them sad we didn't get to judge the masquerade at anime Boston or, or go or any of that. Um but yeah. This is one I've wrestled with a lot because um I didn't do a Katsukon. I haven't done it for several years, and it's one I've thought about. And it would have been the only con I could have done. And on one hand, you know, I would have liked to have gone with you guys, because especially thinking about like this would have been the last time I would have been able to really hang out with most of my friends in person for a while without like really heavy concerns. But that was also between two major events. I was lucky enough to get two big trips uh one one that i've been been on my bucket list for almost 15 years uh, and got to do that and i was thinking about this like well if i was planning another convention those two experiences would have been shortchanged by having to save a little bit of money for the convention or things like that so it's weird to say but there's life beyond the convention yeah it was still being very nerdy for both of those trips but i think if I think about it, I think I wanted those experiences more and I wouldn't have wanted to shortchange that, but it, I think the only thing I really missed was the social aspect, which thankfully we've all gotten better about video conferencing like this or things like, uh, just keeping in touch better. So that's about it. Um, but the next question for you, everybody is, did you guys notice any interesting trends for conventions this year besides all of them canceling? Well, I think because they all canceled, right? What was interesting for me is watching how they chose to handle it, right? Mm. I think it spoke mm -hmm. a lot to how they're managed, how their com marketing communication team functions, how well their their internal staff communicates. I feel like 
unless you work for a convention or know people that work in the upper levels of a convention, nobody really knows what goes on behind the scenes. But I think it was kind of, especially for those of us that know kind of how conventions work, even if not the specific ones we're talking about, it was pretty easy to kind of read between the lines and see how chaotic or how together or how coordinated everybody was in it and, and how they handled their messaging and how they decided to make those major and probably very difficult decisions where people were caught between a rock and a hard place. And those that were just kind of like heels in, we're doing this, we carry on no matter what. It, it was just very like sociologically fascinating for me. Yeah, you know, at, at updating fancons.com became very difficult this year because instead of just posting a convention, updating the guest list, and move on to the next con, I had to post the convention, update the guest list, and then the convention's canceled, and they announced new dates a few months later. And then that's canceled. They announced new so I have to do extra work because they're listing multiple times. And so there were a bunch of conventions that just canceled this year and maybe next year. Then there were some that just moved it out two months and moved it out another two months and moved it out. And so that was pretty annoying. I, I felt like after a certain point, they'd get the picture and just cancel, but they kept doing it. Uh, I also, I did notice a trend um, where the, the general public really doesn't understand force measure at all. And that's where in a contract it says, if there's a pandemic, and you can't, or some event, and you can't hold the convention, uh, you're not at fault. You don't have to pay cancellation fees. And so people didn't understand, why aren't these conventions canceling? Well, you have to wait for the state to say you can't hold the convention. Then they don't have to pay. If they cancel it first, they have to pay, even if the state comes back later and says, but we did whole episodes on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> and, but even convention organizers, I saw them this fall saying, oh, this convention's still scheduled for October, November, whenever it was. Why haven't they canceled yet? It's like, guys, you know why they haven't canceled. What are you doing? <laughs> People that know better would forget. So, yeah. just, you know, conventions, you know, they cancel, they don't. Let them do their thing. Some of them, I, I saw announcements where some of them are like, oh, we're doing everything, you know, we haven't missed a year yet because of snow or whatever. We're going to have this one. <laughs> they were dead set to have the convention until the government shut them down. It's like, okay, guys, that's not cool. <laughs> and other ones, it's like, you know, they don't want to hold it, but they have to wait. So, mm-hmm. I'd be interested in the, in trends going forward of where, where conventions start to um, start up again, like in what not only in what states, but also like in which countries that um, either there are some countries where it is safe for them to open or there's some countries and states where it's not okay for them to open, but they do anyway, or their state thinks it's okay, but it's probably not. Uh, (laughs) um, So I'd like, I'd be really interested to see where they start popping up first. Maybe also it's going to be interesting to see who the first one is to the first big one is to be like, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Cause it's going to be one of those situations where they're going to be like, you go, no, you go, I'm not going, you go. And uh, I think that's what the summer is going to be like. I think like the summer with a, uh, um, cause you got anime expo uh, usually is um, 4th of July weekend and then Otakon's in there somewhere, and then Dragon Con, and San Diego Comic Con. So you get a lot of big events in the summer, and it's going to be interesting to see 
which one goes first and how it goes. It's probably, if I had to guess, it would, if we're talking U.S. conventions, it would be something in a red state. <laughs> That's why I keep thinking Dragon Con because yeah. they're, they're big, not red anymore. Right? Like they're big enough <laughs> that they like they probably don't need like they probably can afford to take the financial risk mm. of scheduling it, right? Um, they're also in Georgia, um, which I think if Atlanta themselves hadn't intervened, they probably the state would have been like, have it, you know. Um and I think that you know, between those two things, I see them going for it. That and plus Labor Day weekend, I feel like it's going to be late enough that if the vaccine's available to the general public, they're going to feel like they can have it. Whether people actually have gotten it, especially of the age group of people who are going to go, um, and whether I would feel safe going as a whole separate, I, I probably would not. We'd have to see, but I feel like they're going to pull the bandaid first. But man, I would feel so safe going to a convention in New Zealand or Australia right now. Yeah, oh. I don't know if they'll let us in. Yeah, they won't. There are Australians who can't get back to Australia. Like tens of thousands of them. They're stranded in wherever they were. I the thing I was thinking noticing is there's a lot of conventions that seem to be kind of wrestling's not quite the right word, but trying to figure out what their identity is, what uh, how their con is held, and what what kind of the spirit of their convention is and how that can be translated online. Some are very um, fan-focused. Some are very industry-focused. Some have a medium and things like that. And so you saw some of these conventions really trying to, trying to figure out what content they wanted to have if they had a, a virtual convention and what content they said, okay, we're going to wait for next year on this. So, like, I know Anime Expo, I did a couple of their virtual events, and that was very clearly focused on the industry, which is the nature of that convention anyway. But it seemed a lot more of promotion of stuff like that and not as much fan-generated content. Um, and speaking of the fans and the con-goers, what kind of lessons do you guys think uh, con-goers should take away from 2020? Social practices how you interact with people in a crowd. I mean, even if, yeah, vaccines, good, no more cases, we seem to have it nipped in the bud. There's definitely going to be a social change out of all this. That's actually a good point. I wonder if it would help. I mean, if you think about it, how many people, I mean, we have a phrase conflict for a reason, right? That yeah. doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic. And I, I wonder if any of the practices people have adopted, especially in areas where the practices are widely adopted, will continue post pandemic that might make conventions healthier in general, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, in, in a couple of years, we're going to see people uh, high-fiving each other, going up and down the escalator again. Oh, of course. It's not going to last long. I don't think it is long term. <laughs> I, I, sorry. I mean, next year. Yeah. yeah. As soon as it's over, they'll, yeah. I think if people could take away something from it, I feel like it's just a damn convention. Like, have all the shit that happened in 2020, right? Like, I rem and I feel like this dissipated over the course of the years. Things got worse and worse, and people had to worry about much more serious 
problems that came out of this. But I remember around the time Anime Boston canceled, because that was probably one of the earlier big conventions to cancel, right? I mean, that was, it was the end of March, was it the end of March this year, beginning of April? Because it always moves around. Yeah, it was right around then, yeah. Right yeah, around then. It was in April, but they canceled it, I think, in March. Yeah, yep. Boston was slammed, right? And I know that, you know, AB probably wanted to cancel it sooner than they were able to, right? And it, yep. and, um, and so I, I think that, but the, I understood what was happening with the convention, but the fan reaction was gross. Like a yeah. lot of it was gross. There were some people like, I'm showing up at the Heinz anyway, and you can't stop me from having a convention and I'll cop on everybody. I don't care if I'm sick. Nothing's going to stop me. I made my cosplay. And I'm like, y'all gross. You're all gross. Right? Like, like, can we just take a step back and like, you can continue to go to conventions. This is not the most important thing that's happening in your life. Like, we know they're fun. We know this sucks. You had no idea at the time you were probably typing this, how much this year was going to suck for you, right? And I think that as the course of the year got worse, I, I know those people still exist, but I feel like that attitude really came down. I didn't see it as much. I feel like that idea of what's important and, and, and kind of where this fell on their list of priorities, hopefully gained a little more perspective um, as things kind of happen. Yeah, I, it was funny. I remember seeing that reaction and then like everyone was waiting on Dragon Con. Like, can you please just cancel? Like, I, we know there's stuff that you need to do contractually, but like, for God's sakes, we know it's not going to happen. Can you just make it not happen so we can all like, relax about it it's like everyone wanted it to not happen i think that is that's a that's a very that's a good point it's a difference in the march reaction to like the the august september reaction right it was like completely night and day like from how dare you to what are you thinking to have this so no i think i also noticed too on the social media friends who are very devastated in march well like you know i made like these conventions are like their big social outings and they go to like several at a time, started figuring out other ways to still do like, let's say the cosplay hobby or like even, you know, uh, collaborate on stuff virtually and everything like that, that they also started like realize what's it really worth in the end? You know, it's just a year. Um, but I, I think it also helped probably a lot of people, you know, once they eventually came to terms with it to kind of grow as a convention goer anyway. So they're probably going to respect the cons they go to more often. Right. Don't take it for granted. Yeah. One, one thing I noticed, and this was a real, or not really noticed. One thing I saw that really put it into his perspective is I was talking with uh, one friend who has been going to Oktoberfest in Germany for like 30 years, like goes every year, has a blast, you know, it's kind of their big thing. And it's, you know, it's very similar to kind of a convention experience. And they, he took a really good uh, perspective on it, which was, well, it's canceled. So I haven't missed one. There just isn't one this year. And I, I was, <laughs> that is such a great way to look at it. Is I haven't missed it. Like I haven't missed a single anime Boston. There just wasn't one in 2020. And it's such, I, I think, slowly people are getting that attitude and it's a, a, such a good positive way to look at it. And I think there is going to be a lot of people that 
like you guys said, really respect the convention because they realize how much they mean it means to them, and to have that gap is going to, you know, re really hit home. This is a special thing that it's not going to be always around. Yeah, I didn't want a gap in my Anime Boston t-shirt collection, so I made my own Anime Boston 2020 shirt <laughs> using some old, old artwork that I bought <laughs> to put masks on. I still laugh when I told you even on the forums of Anime Boston, like, ah, 2020, the new 2002. <laughs> <laughs> I have an Anime Boston 2002 shirt, yes. Of course, of course even though know. the convention started in 2003. <laughs> you had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> at, at that uh, kitchen table in Newton. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So how about lessons for con organizers? Anything you guys think they should think about or take away from this year? Well, I think Dragon Con really, uh, they didn't, they were doing this just because they were thinking of it anyway about doing the more virtual stuff or just having the, you know, the ability to, you know, broadcast stuff more because at the convention, they, they have three channels in the hotel room, but like to get more people involved. So they started building the infrastructure. I think more conventions might think about investing in an infrastructure where they could broadcast their convention more and have it like a pay service or something like that for the weekend. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that happening. Um, especially with the bigger conventions, um, if they you know, foresee it. Because if anything, you still have a revenue if something happens. But if you invest in it now, you have even more content to you know, get more to get to more people. Or and, you can attend things attend, far away that you can't travel to in you, normal circumstances. You know, um, so I think, I think a lot more in the digital age is going to start bringing out more virtual stuff. Um, and and, and, it, and it, it kind of will start paying for itself too, because like you're going to reach people who wouldn't travel all the way to your convention, who now can attend your convention in a way. I, but, or, go ahead. I was going to say at the same time, I don't think a convention should feel obligated to put on a no. virtual con, because there's so many cons every weekend, and we don't need a virtual. We don't even need one virtual convention every weekend, but yet we've got so many that I don't even know how many there are. It's crazy. And they vary vastly in quality. And the lower quality ones tend to just bring everybody down because you assume, oh, this next one's going to be just that crappy. And so, yeah, I don't think a convention should feel obligated to have virtual. And also, from what I've heard for attendance statistics, the virtual conventions for everyone I've heard stats for have been significantly lower than in-person attendance. Even though they can get people from anywhere in the world, it's just not as much interest. We wonder, it's kind of, you have to ask the question, what do people go to a convention for, right? Is it the content or is it the, the everything else around it, the traveling, the socialization aspect, the cosplay, all that stuff, right? Mm. Um, I feel like if convention organizers could take something away with this, it's kind, I kind of alluded to it in, in observing kind of how people manage their cancellation process, right? For me, I think that a lot of conventions are bad at messaging in general. Some are better than others. It, it depends on, you know, I, a lot of conventions are volunteer run and people don't necessarily have the skill set needed um, to message things properly. But mm. you, you could see with various conventions, some people clearly had a centralized plan of 
how we're going to communicate this effectively. Now, that doesn't mean that they canceled when people thought they should cancel or that there weren't things going on behind the scenes or whatever. Um, but they had the right tone and they had a consistent message to attendees, right? And I think that, but you saw other ones where you had people going rogue and, you know, saying things and like, in like fighting with attendees online and, and, and start like banning people who said the con was, sh should be canceled. And there was, there was a lot of things that felt like the, whoever was in the hierarchy of convention management had completely lost control over the message, which I feel like was probably one of the important things to do in a situation like this and probably something that should be done even in a normal year, right? That you have um, strong and consistent communication with the people that are attending. So I feel like if people feel like that wasn't handled well, um, that that's probably a gap that organizers need to address. It's important. It's important for any business really, but also for conventions. Uh, related to that, like, I think just even not pandemic, but, you know, having consistent messages is read your contracts, see if you have uh, weather clauses and things like that. If you, your venue doesn't require you to have insurance, you should still have insurance. Ha I'm going to say that again. If you're a con organizer, you should have insurance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, you know, it's not a bad idea because Shiva, you mentioned having strong, consistent messaging, having, you know, drafts of stuff or at least a skeleton ready to go just in case. If you're a convention that happens, say, January, February, March in North America, you could have a blizzard cancel the convention and things like that, and you have to be ready for that or to react to that. And I think prepping is important. You make these plans hoping that you'll never have to and act them, but you still have to make the plans. Okay. Uh, second, uh, one of the second to last questions we got. Um, what's something from in-person conventions that you guys found yourself missing, like, or you were kind of surprised that you missed this year? Elizabeth. Yeah. So for me, um, it's not so much. I, I I think I did expect this. I miss walking around the artist alley and seeing all the amazing artwork that people come up with and trying not to buy everything that I, <laughs> I like. I mean, I finally this year got a space where I can put up all the art that I've been buying over the past decade plus at conventions. Like I frame stuff, I'm like, holy crap, I bought, I bought this in like 2008 <laughs> and earlier. And um, I don't know if I just, I don't, I, I didn't really look for it, but um, I hope that there were conventions who like, I think I saw this couple places where they had like virtual artist alleys or um, even if just having a list of who was going to be in their artist alley or um, if it wasn't set yet, um, you know, people could list themselves in the artist alley. And I saw some, actually some companies who are vendors or an artist alley, like put together their own artist alley lists and, um, uh, so I hope that was out there and I just didn't really look for it. Um, but yeah, I definitely miss because whenever I'm bored and I don't know what to do at a convention, I usually go to the Arcelli and walk around again if it's not too crowded. Yeah, for me, it was not only the artist alley, but the dealer's room. And like, yeah, it's, you know, a lot of widely commercial goods, but there's always 
uh, one or two booths that have the stuff that's like super old or never going to really be listed online or you can't really go browsing for it. And they're the ones that you have to visit the booth to find kind of that weird eclectic stuff. Um, I'll give a shout out to one vendor I really like, Otaku Joe's. They have, you know, laser discs or um, old VHS tapes or old figures from a couple years ago that he's just bought up from Japan. And this is stuff you can't really search for. So it was always fun to just go browse and see what he has. And you'd always like, even if I'd always find something weird and neat, even if it wasn't something for me, half the time I'd be like texting that one friend that I know that's a convention, like, hey, that weird, weird uh, 70s r giant robot show that you love, they have a figure from it. Get, get here right now so you can get it before anyone else. And I miss the, the kind of the unexpected items. Um, and again, Artisai is another one where you'd see, oh man, I can't believe someone did fan art of this thing and being able to, to grab that. I miss that kind of browsing. And yeah, you can find these people online, but it, it's not the same experience of just walking around and seeing what you stumble into. And for me, it's, uh, I miss the experience. Uh, I mean, I miss people obviously, but every year we do these, you know, you're in review and we look back on our favorite moments, whether it's hanging out with Peter Capaldi or interviewing a Japanese guest or, you know, winning a best in show and a costume. There's been so many experiences in all of our convention histories. And that this year is just lost. There's stuff that would have happened in the alternate timeline. And we have no idea what amazing thing it would have been. There would have been something. It would have been like, oh, wow, that was so cool. None of it happened. And it's, it's just sad. And like, for me, it's the first year since... 2000 that I haven't been at a convention presenting something, whether it's a panel or hosting anime unscripted or some game show, or just, you know, being the chairman up on stage. It's, it's 20 years every year. There's been at least once when I'm out front of everybody presenting something and it just didn't happen this year. And I, I miss that. I hopefully, Next year, well, I guess it'll be 2022, maybe. Ugh. I think we'll start limping forward. Knock on I wood. think things will, won't feel <laughs> normal no. probably till 2022. That that feeling of the things like I was thinking about this is some of these conventions that I've been going to for so long, or I've had a core group of friends that I see every time. It's we we say it half jokingly, but there's either staff member, a group of staff if you were working at a convention, or that group of friends you really only get together at that one convention. And we joke, but it it's the family reunion. And realizing I don't see some of those, pe I won't see some of those people at all this year because I we don't get to the handful of conventions. It it's tough, and like I mean, I still talk to them online. I have friends that I do you know, weekly discord calls with or things like that, or we, you know, shout out each other on Twitter with our nerdy hot takes, but it's not, it's not the same of, you know, sitting down and talking with them. I just, I had this realization a couple of weeks ago where it's just like, man, 
I wish we were in somebody's hotel room right now. Each of us have our drink of choice in hand and just talking about whatever nerdy topic we wanted to go through. And just... Yeah, we should have been doing this in person. Yes. We, we didn't even get to do this in person this year. Yeah. After, even after we're all back on the East Coast, finally. Um, but we're talking about, you know, when, you know, when we want to get back and everything. I'm just going to go around. I'll start with you, Sketch and Shiva. Uh, what's the first in-person con you think you'll be able to return to? I, If I'm being really honest, I think Anime Boston 2022. I'm hoping for Dragon Con, but you know, we'll see how it goes. How about you, Elizabeth? I'm also hoping for Dragon Con this year. Um, I'm also kind of holding out for Fan Expo Boston, which is usually in August. Um, that might be one where um, it the, the vaccines are long enough that. Um, it'll be hell. It'll, it, I mean, it totally depends on how things are, but um, if not Dragon Con, God, I'm hoping for PAX Unplugged. I love PAX Unplugged. It's so much fun. Um, I was really bummed not to go to that this year. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if uh, Dragon Con will probably be happen because it's Georgia and reasons, but it's so crowded. I don't know if I would be comfortable there. Uh, I think. I'm hoping that something in the fall, there'll be something I feel comfortable going to. Maybe that'll be like Bakaretsukan in Vermont. Because Vermont has the lowest, <laughs> they have like the best track record. And I mean, the convention's really tiny, but after over a year and a half, fine, I'll go to Bakaretsukan. It's cheap. Let's just go. Come on, everybody. We're going. <laughs> Do they still give cookies? I'll go if there's cookies. Yes. I think they still, I haven't been there since 2012, but I think it's the same hotel. So, uh, but realistically, uh, it's probably something in 2022, some of the spring, maybe maybe Boston 2022. I don't know. Yeah. I actually had a dream three days ago that I was at a convention and I had a panic attack because everybody was everywhere. There was no, I literally woke up in a panic attack because I was at a con and it was awful. Like the idea of being around people, scared the crap out of me which is awful but here we are and then you get tapped on the shoulder and it's Vic <laughs> the worst con ever <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elizabeth you mentioned Fan Expo Boston that's not every year but several years that's always been the same weekend as Otakon and that's so that's kind of mine is that's the one I'm just whether where it falls, it could be. I, I want to say not a sure thing, but I'd say most likely to happen as like the first one, just from the timing. Obviously, it's the con I've been going to the longest, it means a lot to me. But I think just timing wise, that could be the very first one. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, I you know, some there's a couple in the fall. You know, we're up in New England. Uh, I would love, I would not be disappointed if the first one I get to go back to is uh, Granite State Comic Con, which is such a small little con, but it doesn't need to be too big. It's perfect and it's low key. And I would be okay just kind of wait, you know, dipping a toe back in before 
uh, jumping back in. So I think that would be a good one. But if I if I had to guess, I think the first one that I'll be able to go to will be uh, Otakon. And again, this is just looking at kind of the timelines they've announced for vaccinations and stuff like that. And last question, uh, do you guys think of anything else you wanted to talk about about conventions this year or anything you were thinking about? <clears throat> so I'm pretty sure the like pandemic and people being stuck at home contributed vastly to TikTok exploding. But goddamn, I would love to see some convention uh, content on TikTok of people just being stupid and ridiculous at like every convention out there. Like, I feel like the TikTok content for cosplaying conventions would be A plus and I wish it was happening. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with TikTok. Sorry, I'm a millennial. I'm not supposed to be, but whatever. It's really funny. I don't know how it works. I just watch the videos Elizabeth sends. That's, oh yeah. Well, again, I text them to you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need another social media platform. <laughs> I can't keep up. Um, yeah, I think that uh, any convention organizers who've held their conventions during the pandemic uh, have a stank on them now, saying, we don't care about other people. Uh, and they will for years to come. And any guests who went to those conventions, same thing. They're just shaking hands with people they got a mask on but they're shaking hands they take the masks off there's so many photos of guests being irresponsible at these cons and a lot of convention organizers i've talked to are not going to book those people that have attended cons during the pandemic so they're just shooting themselves in the foot and limiting their invitations for the future once everything opens up so uh, the, the thing I was thinking about is every year there's one or two shows that are super popular. And it's like, what are all these people wearing this outfit? And it's like, oh, it's this new show. Like, I always think of my first SodaCon. What's with all these guys carrying crosses wrapped up in white and black straps? Because Trigun was the big thing that year and everything like that. And there's always that that one show that everybody is cosplaying that year. And because we really didn't have this year, we don't know what that would have been. Like we could maybe make some educated guesses, you know, might've been demon slayer. Cause that was starting to get big at the end of 2019, but we don't, you know, there's probably things that we never would have seen. There would have been know? so many baby Yodas. So many baby Yodas. Tiger yeah. King. Oh, Tiger King. Yeah. Um, I but forgot yeah, that existed. I forgot that that was this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was way in the beginning. Shit's Creek, so many Shoma's Shit's Creek is like not like an anime con, but like a dragon con. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think there's going to be ones that just they never get their kind of 15 minutes of uh, fame. Um, and by the same token, uh, A and B contests. There's always that one that this is the new show that everyone's making A and Bs to, and you know without. Uh, the contest, like, sure, people are still making AMBs and putting them up, but it's not really happening, you know, happening in a contest because there's always that time you see, you know, oh, there's five AMBs in this convention's AMB contest that are all this one show because it was the big hit. Uh, I will always think about 
again, I keep bringing up Otakon 2001. Apparently, it had a good impact on me. Uh, how many fully Cooley AMVs I saw that year. And I was like, I had no idea what that show was. But I'm like, this looks cool. I need to check it out. Because so many people are making AMVs to it. I feel like I've gained a new, and not just me, but I, a new respect for what people will accomplish with a deadline, right? Mm. Because I think that we all, whether we're AMV makers or cosplayers or what have you creatives, right? Unless we're crying the night before, we don't finish it. Like, we just don't do it. Like, and I would argue not even just don't mm. finish it, don't start it. Because if you think about it, we've all had nine, 10 months now being stuck in our homes with nothing better to do. You'd think we'd be like, this is what we've always wanted. Nothing but time. Look at all the projects I'm going to finish. And we've, as a collective community, most of us have said we've done shit, right? <laughs> like, so I think that it's interesting how motivating it is to, like, it's not the same online to say, I want to show people on my social media platform, you know, what I've created. People want to see this stuff in person, right? They want to share their cosplay in person. They want to share their AMV in a contest. They want to share and not having that motivating factor of having to get it done by a certain time and being able to share it really has kind of, you know, and I think there's also outside factors of the fact that this has been a difficult year emotionally and financially and um, for for so many people that those things and that people having to educate their children from home and like there's there's a lot of other reasons for that. <laughs> um, but I would say I, I do think a big driver if you talk to a lot of people isn't some of the it's really just like why I have no motivation to do anything and um and so, yeah, I think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see how pent up people's creative juices are uh, when they actually we can go to conventions again. That said, shout out to the fanfic writers. They are still pumping that shit out. And I have been reading it. <laughs> so first, share some of that. Second, um, I would like to blame my lack of uh, cosplay motivation on Animal Crossing, even though I haven't played it in like three months. Uh I, you'd think, like, because I was furloughed for, like, seven weeks that, you know, well, I was making a ton of masks then, but um, even since then, nope, it was Animal Crossing all the time. Like, I, I think I ended up with almost 500 hours in Animal Crossing, which, compared to other people, is not that much. You know what kind of costume I can make with 400 hours? Like, you, like 400 costumes. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did spend a lot of time playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, I should get that back to that. For the for furlough, and then had to go back into work and figure out how to juggle full time dad and work and other big things we're we're working on right now. So it, it was just like, yeah, I, I'm gonna kind of take a year off in that regard. Yeah. I'll be very curious to see what people do for. There are different creative outlets. You know, we've mentioned, you know, instead of building costumes, I build model kits and stuff like that. If people found their different outlets and maybe they found a new passion because they've had time to learn it and stuff like that, you know, maybe they've you know learned how to sew and now they'll become a cosplayer because they know they've had a chance to learn or things like that. Mm -hmm. Or they've mastered they've mastered another skill. And I mean, we shouldn't fault anyone who hasn't had the time or bandwidth to learn 
another skill because this has been an exhausting year physically and mentally. But I think there's going to be people that kind of have surprised themselves with what they've gotten out of it in a weird way. Might also be a good break for people who might not even realize they were burning out right of even of the hobby not even just of other things right but um you know a lot of people talk about going through stretches of like you know maybe i'm not really into conventions anymore right or maybe i'm not into cosplay as much as i was before or maybe i'm not into you know uh whatever whatever it is and <laughs> interesting to see what they feel like after it being forcibly removed <laughs> You know, that's something I hadn't thought about. I thought about the conventions that might not come back, but there may be attendees who don't come back. They're like, yeah, you know what? It's fine. I don't need to go to that con. Mm. We could very well see both extremes of the people that realized how much it needs to them and they need to get back and they're coming back even harder. And then there's the people that like, eh, I don't miss it. And both of those are okay. I mean, I want everyone to have fun at a convention, but if you've moved on because you're good, that's okay. So I think with that, if no one has any other final thoughts, um, I want to thank, oh, Patrick. I just want people to, you know, go spend your Christmas gift certificates on Svet's new book, uh, The Weird Books. Woo! Uh, volume one, Beware of the Silent Woods, available now. First episode I've been on to promote it. It's good stuff. Check it out. Weird uh, books. I, I miss I miss going to the end press booth and seeing Svet's work at cons. But uh, so I want to thank Sketch, Shiva, Patrick, Elizabeth. Thank you guys all for your joining us for this uh, very very different year in review for Anime Cons TV. Um, I want to thank all our viewers. I know we haven't had a chance to do many episodes. We love you guys. We miss you guys. Keep the comments and feedback coming. Maybe Movie Phone Guy will give us a call. We'll be able to do a voicemail episode. Who knows? <laughs> um, if you guys have any thoughts, don't forget to leave us a comment. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, the YouTube channels. Uh, don't forget the good old Tash email. Uh, podcast at mmacons.com. Dot TV. Uh, dot TV, sorry. Uh, well, that's it. It's I'm been a while. Yeah. 762-233-7828. Yeah. I hope. Uh, but we love you guys. We'll see you soon. Stay in touch. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 See you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>